0: If you're wanting to work more on your sort of surrendered follower side, Mm -hmm. then I would say look for places where you don't trust. Look for places where you close versus open. Look for places where you don't feel safe. Those are gonna be the places where you can start to relax into more of that pull. On the flip side, if you're being invited to step into more of like a leadership role, where are you afraid of your power? Where are you afraid of abusing your power? Where do you not trust yourself to lead fully? You know, like these types of questions, I think, can be really powerful and would create a really beautiful foundation of intimacy for you to actually start that journey with your partner.
1: I'm Alexa, and you're listening to that sex check, a soulfire production. When Benjamin, a no-nonsense businessman, and Azria, a free-spirited artist, fell madly in love, they birthed a vision for a committed partnership that can elevate humanity. Becoming, with a Q, is a book they wrote together that is a hybrid of personal development, spiritual memoir, and erotic nonfiction, an intimate and uncensored exploration of psychedelics, sex, power, and purpose. In many ways, the message within the book sums up what they both feel they are meant to bring to the world on a monumental scale. Join myself and Azria Becker as we share potent wisdom and tangible strategies for your own personal activation and initiation. Enjoy today's episode of That Sex Chick. Awesome, Azria! Thank you so much for coming on to That Sex Chick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it would have been really lovely to drop in with you and your love. But I will admit that it feels really intimate and really mm, just good to be able to drop in with another lady who is in a deeply committed partnership who's
0: doing really big things with their love. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes, maybe too many big things were in that inquiry right now. But, you know, like the orgasmic explosion of creative life force energy just sometimes carries you away a little bit, I think. (laughs) There's a shadow side, guys. Just be aware. (laughs) You bite off more than you can chew. Uh, No, it's all beautiful. But yeah, we've definitely come together in a cosmic explosion of creativity and expansion and growth. And we're building a lot together. And it's for sure been an an initiation to meet everything that we've said yes to.
1: Totally. So I would love just to put into perspective, because I know a bit about Y'all's story, I would say. I don't know the little tiny nooks and crannies of it, but I've heard it on the side and you guys on other podcasts. And so I love to paint a little bit of a picture, a little picture of y'all's love story and how you came together and how you knew that your beloved was the one of sorts. How did you know this is the full fuck yes for me? I want to do this with you. I'm meant to Mm -hmm. do this with you.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful question. So we met in April 2019, and I had come out of a 10-year relationship, monogamous relationship, which was a very healthy, very beautiful relationship, but had ran its course, and just it was time for us to move on and out into a new expression of ourselves. And one of the things I was really calling in at that time in my life was... I really wanted to explore more of my sexuality, and I hadn't really had a chance to be single much at all. I was kind of permanently in like long term monogamous relationships, and I had been doing some deeper sexual healing work and uncovering that there was a lot of suppression in earlier years that had led me to deny what I think is actually a very strong current of sexual energy that I've had kind of since childhood. And I was really excited to have the opportunity to explore that in a new way. And so I assumed that what that was going to look like was getting in the dating game and meeting people and connecting and having a variety of different experiences. And I think the way I summarized it was like, I'm going to go taste the rainbow. Mm -hmm. So after the 10 year relationship, I knew I needed to like reset first and reset my energy. And so I didn't have really any kind of flirtation or connection for 10 months. And then when I felt like the energy was shifting and it was time for me to open myself again in that way, the very next person I met was my now husband, Benjamin. It was a really, I think because I had this idea that I was going to be single and I was going to have all these different types of experiences. And I was really looking forward to that. I resisted him being the one for a bit because I didn't, because if he really was the one, then that had implications, you know? And Benjamin is a very primal and sexually empowered man. And I was calling this in a big way. I wanted to be initiated into my sexuality and I really wanted to, like, I wanted to be dominated a bit because I'm a really, I'm kind of an alpha female. Like, I have generally gravitate towards leadership roles and I hold a lot of space for people. And I wanted to have that experience. I wanted to know what it would feel like to really be, like, completely surrender myself to someone else in that context. And so he gave me that gift. And It was like crack cocaine. I was like, what is this? You know, I've never had this experience before of just being so held and feeling, yeah, just being opened in that way, like being forced to surrender in ways I didn't know was even possible, accessing states of pleasure, accessing states of ecstasy and just physical, a state of physicality that I just had never tapped into before. And so that was the kind of the beginning of our relationship. It was a very explosive, very passionate, very intense. And from the day we met, we pretty much have been inseparable. And in that journey of eventually getting married and now building a business together and running an organization together and all the things we do, there was certainly several initiations along the way of really like facing off with what it means to actually commit fully to the one. And... To go all in and in that way and not have this sort of like exit escape route in the back of your head which i think i always had previously and felt much more comfortable with so yeah this relationship has been in a profound initiation in all ways and i was kind of joking about it when we started the conversation but i do believe sexual energy is life force energy is creative energy is the source of all things and so whether you're harnessing and channeling that energy into making a human like a child or you're harnessing and channeling that energy into building an organization or a company or just a shared vision you're working with really powerful energy and we generated a lot of that energy in our relationship and then very quickly infused it into what we're birthing and that's been also really powerful to see what's possible when you have that much polarity in a dynamic And also then the responsibility that comes with actually being there for your creation, right? That's one thing to have an idea and get excited about it. It's another thing to see it through. So that's kind of like the stage of the journey we're in right now is being like, holy shit, we had some big visions and we're doing it. We're actually doing it and it's really fun, but it's also there's days where it's just like overwhelming. Yeah.
1: And think about we're on our path to parenthood at some point here. We're on it and it will be realized at some point. But I have all of my friends, my very close friends are in it with one-year-olds and now a two-year-old and a newborn and this thing. And it's almost like seeing them with the newborn. Of course, that's not the easy part, but the newborn can't really move and it can't do anything. I think that's the easier part. Yeah. And then it starts to move. Yes. And get mobile. And then I watch everything changed in their lives, you know? And so I think of you guys, it's parallel in some ways, birthing this big project or multiple projects,
0: and they're all mobile. <laughs> they're crawling, banging their head on sharp edges. They're <laughs> trying to eat out of the toilet. Like they're doing yeah. all of
1: it, you know? Yeah. It yeah. yeah, Just like chasing sure. after it. And it's like, now we're <laughs> reactive instead of like, oh, I think it's going to look like this and it's going to be like that. And it's like mind of its own it's over there. Uh, yeah, And part of the yeah. journey. And of course I continue to tell myself even through grief and loss and surprise and celebration and all that, you know, that unfolds in my own personal life, it's going to make sense looking backwards, but there's no way I can force this into some kind of understanding right now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I can try to fool myself into that so I can make myself feel a little bit better in the moment, but usually it's the mantra of like, it'll all make perfect, beautiful sense looking backwards.
0: Yes. Very, that's good wisdom for sure.
1: Yeah. So I imagine that my listeners and my audience for that sex chick and our social media platforms, they might hear something like, I wanted to be initiated, and they might go, What? Does that mean, you know, I wanted to be initiated in sex and, or I wanted to be initiated in my next unfolding or insert whatever the thing is. And I'm knowing my audience the way that I know them. I can imagine a few of them going, can you ask her what she means when she says she wants to be initiated? Cause it sounds really sexy kind mm-hmm. of, and I know it might also be that a little bit, and it also might look like the rest of the rainbow.
0: Yeah, it's scary, too. I mean, that's I think an initiation isn't an initiation unless there's some part of you that has to face off with a threshold with the very edge of your comfort zone. Otherwise, it's just an adventure or an experience, you know, but for it to be an initiation, there's a rite of passage component to that and rites of passages. And I'm also very involved in ancestral healing traditions and ceremonial work. And I really believe in the power of initiation in general. And I think the theme of initiation is that there's usually some confrontation with some part of you that needs to die in order to give way to the deeper and more expanded potential that's available inside of you. So in a sexual context, what that looks like for me, what that looked like is And was really being asked to let go of control to a degree that was borderline scary, but possible because there was a deep sense of love and trust even right away. But to give control of free will, to give control of my body, I guess to give a more practical and tangible example, our book Becoming starts with this turning point moment in our relationship where we were together in Mexico in Tulum and we were in this interesting place where I was really honest with him from the beginning that I wasn't looking for a serious committed long-term monogamous relationship you know that just wasn't what I was calling in I was like bro I just got out of that you know like I'm and he really was he was in a very different place of his life and he had dated everyone and gone through this whole process of really refining and refining and refining his vision of what he wanted in a life partner and in a soulmate. And that was a huge part of what he had been calling in to the point where when I went into his bedroom for the first time, there was a vision board with a ton of pictures of this particular archetype of woman that looked astonishingly like me. And I was like, this is interesting. So that was intimidating in and of itself was I had never been met with that level of conviction before. He was just kind of like right away, like, no, but you're it. Like it might take you a while to figure that out, but you're it. (laughs) But I had to be honest and true to myself. Right. And I didn't want to mislead him either. So we were in this awkward place where we're in this beautiful paradise. And we just met a couple weeks ago. We have this crazy connection, but there's this piece where we're like, not sure we're on the same page. And it was scaring him because he was falling in love with me. Like really quickly. And he was really questioning whether it would make sense for us to even move forward. And so we were kind of like in that pocket. And somewhere in that pocket, we decided to take LSD. And (laughs) a couple hours later, I
1: mean, mean, that's definitely the next logical thing. Yeah. I mean, what else to do, right?
0: (laughs) And as we kind of kick off the book, we came back to our room and he surprised me, handed me a blindfold and basically said, listen, you have the opportunity to like surrender to me and I'm going to facilitate an experience for you. And here's the rules. And you can say you're complete at any moment. You can say stop at any moment, but just know that as soon as you say stop, it ends and that's it. So otherwise there's no communication in language or words. So he kind of like laid it out for me and handed me this blindfold. I was just like, holy shit, this is what I've been asking for. Now here I am actually being given the opportunity to go there and I'm like shaking in my boots. But obviously I said yes. And yeah, and it was just a very powerful experience of I'd never been tied up before. I'd never been sort of really just taken on this experience that forced me to get completely out of my head and completely into my body and completely into the sensations and completely into my heart and my trust. And it just cracked me open in such a profound way. Yeah, so I think that's maybe a better way to understand what I mean when I say initiation.
1: Sex and Love Co. is officially back in bed with Yoni Pleasure Palace. We really are a match made in heaven. YPP continuously amazes me. Once a company known for their Yoni eggs and crystal pleasure wands, they have grown into a truly remarkable brand with many services and additional products like glass, steel, and wood pleasure tools for those of you who like a more natural element in your toy collection as well as waterproof sex blankets, you know that's one of my faves, Yoni steam herbs and stools, strap-on harnesses specialty vibrators anal toys and prostate massagers water and oil-based lubricants breast massage oil menstrual products and so much more if you can believe i have quite a collection of things that fall under the category of adult products by far the most impressive part of my collection are the items i have by yoni pleasure palace Every purchase I make or gift that I give from YPP has an element of sacredness to it. And that truly takes them above and beyond any other brand I've tried or that I've worked with. I've got great news, my love. With our recent recommitment in partnership, Yoni Pleasure Palace has increased my code, that sex chick, from taking 10% off of your order to 15% off your entire YPP purchase. Hell yes. So head to the link in the show notes to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection, and don't forget to use the promo code that sex chick at checkout for fifteen percent off your entire order. Yeah, it sounds a lot in some ways like my introduction into BDSM as well. Was what it sounds like, and a more palatable set of language that I like to use sometimes. And when I say we, that's Jordan and I, my husband and I, is leader and follower. And it's that you are going to, I mean, that's the submissive position is I am consenting to follow you and it's, I am consenting to take you on a journey Mm -hmm. and here are the rules and everybody's in agreement. Great. Everyone's an active participant in this unfolding. Great. You know, Mm -hmm. because submissive doesn't mean passive, which is something that I'll shout from the rooftops. (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, Um, it takes a lot of courage to submit in that way and to surrender in that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not just to endure and not just, you know, I'll allow whatever, but to actively and enthusiastically be in that role and in that position. Yeah. Unlike anything that I've ever experienced in my life. And when I first, when I walked away from my first experience, which was a handful of years before I met my husband, I had no idea what had just happened. I had a very deep connection with the person that I had the experience with but we knew that it wasn't going to go past a certain length of time because of where we were in life we lived on cruise ships he was contracts were going to separate us we knew it there was like a definitive line Mm -hmm. and I was very much in that place of I'd like to try the rainbow and I'd like to do all these flavors and things and of course it landed in my lap at a really beautiful time but I remember walking away going like I don't even know what the fuck just happened. Like, how did I like what I liked and how did I move the way I moved and how did I feel the way that I felt? And I don't like if my Catholic upbringing said that all of that was wrong, then I don't want to be right. Like, I just don't want to like that. It will never be the same now that I know this exists to be able to find that with and have that, but make it even more sacred and bring it into a container of a committed partnership and relationship. It's definitely been something that's taken work because I had a moment with my husband too, where I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, oh yeah, I told all my friends, I'm in love with you before he ever met me in person. And like, how does this even make sense? But we get together and he's just, you know, this vanilla California Golden Boy and I am like this dark, edgy vampire from New Orleans. And I'm like, Are you sure? And I'm like, God, universe, are we sure this is it? Are we sure it's this one? But he's been on this initiation, you know, and at some point we're gonna record an episode together where he gets to talk about what was it like to be partnered with someone and then she challenged you into your dominance. It's not even like a challenge, like you've gotta be dominant, otherwise it's over. But it's like the relationship calls for a bigness, an ability to hold more, to be able to guide more, to be able to lead more. And it's really beautiful. So I'm sure so many people listening to whether it's, you know, my side of the story or your side of the story are like, Oh, wow. Yes. I want that please. And I imagine that there's some people that are already in relationships and desire what you're speaking about, but are unsure how do they get it and i know that wasn't originally on my list of questions but i'm curious what your perspective might be
0: Mm, yeah well i mean i can't speak from personal experience because i didn't go through that journey right of inviting a counterpart a partner into holding more of a dominant role so i think the real question is what is the dynamic of the relationship foundationally like is there a willingness to grow together? Is there a willingness to acknowledge that we don't know everything and there's new things we can learn, can be fun and exciting, and we can be catalysts for each other to become the most fully liberated versions of ourselves? Like if that's a baseline foundation, then that's a really great place to, I think, start and make an invitation into understanding polarity. Because at the core of what makes a dynamic of leader, follower, or alpha, omega, whatever you want to call it, masculine, feminine, whatever, that dynamic is always going to be defined by some form of polarity. And the more polarity there is, usually the more charge, the more sexual connection there is. So the more someone is willing to lead with conviction, and the more someone is willing to follow with full surrender, the more enjoyable that whole experience is going to be, right? If someone's trying to lead in the other person's half surrendered, but actually also kind of trying to lead because they don't fully trust or they think they could do it better. Like you don't really have polarity. You're now fighting. You have two people fighting for the same pole. So understanding polarity, understanding the way that it works. I can give a really good book recommendation by one of my teachers. Her name is London Angel Winters and her husband, Justin Patrick Pierce wrote a book called The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love. Mm. And in that book, they go deep into polarity and they talk a lot about the dynamics of it. We also talk about it in our book a little bit. But yeah, I think if you're in a relationship with someone and you would like your partner to be more open to exploring these types of dynamics, I think first step would be really understanding like what is it even that I'm inviting this person into, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think for me it was more, I understood masculine feminine before I met Benjamin, but I'd never had a lived experience of of that. And so for me, a lot of my deeper understanding of polarity has been more reverse engineering my experience. Mm But I think the other way in is if you're already in a relationship is to say, let's go on this journey together and actually learn about it. And then let's look at our relationship and let's look at where we have polarity and where we don't, where we have resonance, which isn't bad. You need resonance to make a relationship work. Relationships that are really heavy in resonance can often feel more like friendships and aren't so sexy and steamy, right? So you need that polarity for the juice. So you can then consciously start to turn the dial up on the polarity through practices, through rituals, through embodiment work, cultivating more of whatever the pole is that you're trying to work on, right? So if you're wanting to work more on your sort of surrendered follower side, Mm -hmm. then I would say look for places where you don't trust. Look for places where you close versus open. Look for places where you don't feel safe. Those are going to be the places where you can start to relax into more of that pole. On the flip side, If you're being invited to step into more of like a leadership role, where are you afraid of your power? Where are you afraid of abusing your power? Where do you not trust yourself to lead fully? Mm -hmm. You know, like these types of questions I think can be really powerful and would create a really beautiful foundation of intimacy for you to actually start that journey with your partner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even just having the conversation. Oh yeah. So, so many everything starts. With a conversation. Yeah. Like more conversations than you care to have maybe even, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. just like one after the other, after the other, and they just continue to get a little bit more nuanced, a little more nuanced and personal. Yeah. But even bringing, I would say for anyone who's listening to go back and re-listen to those questions, maybe even write down those questions and bring them into a conversation. One that you can both share vulnerably. I would say don't just pull out your piece of paper, right. As you're about to get naked before sex, like separate them so that you can like have a drop in about it and say, I'm really curious about these things. I want to dig a little deeper <laughs> and you can explain, I heard these two people on this podcast and they were talking about getting initiated. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I'm down. Are you to get a little weird? So yeah. And, and have compassion, you know, mm-hmm. cause it can feel intimidating for the other person. And I think the moment you, let's just use kind of the more traditional, like man-woman dynamic, right? So man is the alpha, the lead, and woman is the follower. And this can totally be the opposite and is completely irrelevant what gender you have. But just for the sake of this example, let's say that's the dynamic. And so as the woman, you're coming to your man and you're saying, hey, I really want you to lead more. Like, I want you to step into more of your leadership. In that moment, you're leading. You're actually leading the moment. And he's receiving, right? So he's already in the opposite pole from what you want him to be, which is not a bad thing. Sometimes that's necessary for the conversation, but that can also become chronic where it's like, well, touch me like this or do this or pull my hair harder or whatever. Like now you're actually the one who's controlling the whole experience. So how can you soften more into your body, into your breath? How can you receive him? How can you practice actively receiving him and receiving the leadership he's already giving Because he's probably already leading, but maybe it's not so, it hasn't been overtly acknowledged. Like, I really like when you do that to work with with the gifts and the ingredients that are already there. Because I think we have to be really mindful not to slip into the like lack place of like, I'm not getting enough from you or you're not Mm -hmm. doing this well enough. Because as soon as that energy is present, all the sexual polarity evaporates in an instant. Criticism is the anti libido ingredient.
1: Yeah, underline
0: that three times. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. So how important do you believe sex
0: is in our lives? Mm. It's become a very important part of my life for sure. I think in some ways you could argue that all of life is sex. I mean, everything in existence is sexual energy in some form or fashion, right? I think even certain experiences I've had when, for example, working with like Ayahuasca, which is a plant medicine I work with and have studied with over the years, even though I'm not having sex with a person, I'm merging my consciousness with another entity, like I'm ingesting this entity that has its own personality and has its own access point into a certain way of like experiencing reality. And so there's something actually very sensual and sexual about that sometimes, not always. Sometimes it's just like heavy trauma work. Sometimes it's like blissful, orgasmic, you know, I'm one with the cosmos. That's also in some ways an expression of sexual energy. So sex is everything and everywhere and all around us. And I think when we start to realize that sometimes the word sex maybe isn't the best word because it is so attached to like a particular act, but the word eros For example, which is the root of erotic, Eros describes the current of life force energy that moves through things and that animates things into existence and the difference between having a real dog and having a stuffed animal, right? Like they maybe they have the same anatomy, they have four legs and two ears and a nose and all the things, but one of them is alive and the other one is is not. And that aliveness is Eros. And you can be in this very intimate and sensual relationship with every moment of life, whether you're taking a bite from your favorite donut, or you're feeling the sun kiss your skin, or the leather of the steering wheel under your hands, like all of life is actually always giving you an opportunity to be in a state of sensuality. And I think to me, that was a huge turning point in my journey, because a lot of my spirituality specifically beforehand was more of the up and out sort of approach, like, let me transcend my body, let me transcend this third dimensional reality, let me go beyond my thoughts, and go into this oneness bliss state, but actually being so fully alive is its own form of spirituality.
1: Hey, you, you might be aware that we run virtual coaching programs throughout the year for men, women, and couples, but you might not know that we host really magical in-person retreats and experiences throughout the year as well. If you are in an all in committed partnership, here's an invitation for you and you're someone special.
2: You are invited to our upcoming Couples Goals Retreat, a four day, three night stay in Austin, Texas, where you and your partner will expand your communication skills, learn new and exciting ways to experience intimacy, explore your edges through Tantra, Conscious Kink, Rope Tying, and more, feel seen, heard, held like never before, express yourself fully, open up in new ways with a beautiful community of other like hearted couples eat delicious, nutritious, organic AF, buzzword-rich meals, play, laugh, dance, and go deep with the person who means the absolute most to you.
1: You'll leave a better partner, friend, parent, and lover. You'll leave with your priorities in order and the momentum to make the shifts and changes you've always wanted to make in your relationship and life so that you really and truly can have it all when it comes to sex, intimacy, and love.
2: Spots are limited and range from private Luxury King Suites to shared economical accommodations with other couples.
1: We'd be honored to guide you to your next level in life and love. For more info about our upcoming couples retreat, visit the show notes or find me at that sex chick.
2: Or me at Jordan Bowditch on Instagram and shoot us a DM. Not on IG? You can always reach us at hello at sexandlove.co, that's dot .co.
1: We are looking forward to seeing you in Austin, Texas soon. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've experienced a decent amount of community and people who I would say they probably resonate with what you just said, that they are the up and out where Mm -hmm. they feel so untethered that they don't necessarily feel safe to me. That was something Mm -hmm. that I was pretty challenged by in some of the community when we were living and spending a lot of time in California. And I mentioned before, when we got on the call, very much a girl raised in the deep south and happened to have like a lot of earth and fire in my charts and in my being and just the way that I am. And so the up and out has always been kind of scary and I've still delved into it and still touched it. And there's something about how I show up in sex and sex as a teacher and mm-hmm. looking at life. And then of course the act of sex that has felt so grounding to me mm-hmm. and has felt so real to me. Mm. I think in, and in some ways has been just as much, if not more of a teacher. Because no yeah. matter what I do,
0: I live on earth. <laughs> yeah. No matter what. <laughs> that's true. You can meditate only so many hours a day. You can only drink so much ayahuasca. You know, right, like right. at some point, you're always going to come back down into your human existence, into your body, into your day to day, into brushing your teeth. And it's just that's what we signed up for in this mm-hmm. moment. So why not have this orgasmic relationship with that yeah. and let that be the most real way in which we touch the divine? For sure.
1: And so before you met Benjamin, I have a little note here that says that you went into some somatic work and, mm-hmm. and you mentioned a little bit of that story beforehand, but I'm curious about what the somatic work looked like. And was it just the general commitment to going on a sexual healing path? Yeah. I'm curious about the somatic piece. Cause I know that that's something that the people that listen to the show are interested in as well Is
0: getting, doing more body work. Yeah. Yeah, I did some really intensive sexual healing work that was very physical in nature. So it was actually working directly with the body, working with the sex organs, like really getting in there. And just like a masseuse, will go in and find tension and knots and all these things where there's energy blockages in a massage. It's actually the same with sexual healing work. It's like tracking, holding patterns, tracking places where there was unprocessed emotion, unprocessed grief, numbness, right? protection mechanisms, all these things that disconnect us from the deeper sensitivity. And especially on the inside of the vagina, actually, that's where we store a lot of that. And that's really soft tissue and it can absorb a lot of trauma very easily. And so there's this process called de-armoring which I'm sure you've talked about on this podcast, Mm -hmm. but that has been also part of my journey. And it was really shocking to me to realize how much numbness and pain I felt in that particular area. I had no idea. And I haven't had like really severe, any kind of real severe sexual trauma or anything like that. So it was very interesting that that was there. But a lot of it was just really cultural conditioning and just sort of collective shame programming and all sorts of Stuff that got lodged in there that was preventing me from having cervical orgasms and really like trusting my pleasure in a massive way. Mm-hmm. So the process of loosening that and opening up the stagnant energy—it's not comfortable. It's not a pleasant experience. But on the other side of it, there's a lot more sensitivity and a lot more fluidity that's available. Mm-hmm. And this was something that you worked with a practitioner on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked with a couple different practitioners over the course of a couple years. I mean, on and off, but. In-person work, really intense, very emotional, rewriting memories, going through all past lovers and resetting the energy. So it was very intensive. And I would say outside of my work with plant medicine is by far one of the most intense and radical things I've done.
1: So, I know for some people listening they are going to be really curious about that and go where do I find someone that I can do an experience like that? And then there are going to be some people and I want y'all to know now that's probably not you're going to be your path. So, some of you, yes, go double click and find and if you're curious, of course, reach out. I'm sure I can point you in the right direction or I can ask you Azra if there's something that you can encourage them to put into the Google machine. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's something that you can find through Google, but someone yeah. who can work with you on the body.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I can recommend the practitioners that I worked with. I will say they're not cheap. So it's an investment and also a huge time investment. So they only do like long-term work. I think their website is Sextraordinary Living. So instead of Extraordinary Living, it's Sextraordinary Living. There you go. So that should get you there. Yeah. And, and their would- names are Heika and Jonathan, and they're a really beautiful, very sincere couple that just brings a lot of this work to people in in a very sophisticated
1: way. Mm. Yeah. And I know I've had people ask me about these things before and there's a high probability that you will need to travel in order to get Mm -hmm. some of this work done because I think this is technically falling under sex work, which has, you know, certain states people can practice and, you know, Mm. up to a certain degree in some places they cannot. And so there's a possibility that you go make a trip out of it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I guess it's just a word of caution. Like you, you want to be really mindful with you want the energy to be super clean. Yeah, if you're going to do a session like that, like you don't want to just work with someone who discovered tantra five minutes ago and is like read a couple of books on Amazon and thinks they're like a practitioner. Right. You really want to like work with someone who's doing it for the right reasons and understands the significance of what can be unlocked. Because I came out of those sessions like raw, and mm-hmm. I had already done a lot of work, personal work. Mm -hmm. You know, feeling a lot of my stuff previously. So it can unlock a lot of emotional curriculum for you to work with. So it's no joke. Yeah. One more thing before we move on from this, because I do think it's important. Sure. You can be your own healer. Like you can find that connection to your own body. And yes, having a practitioner is wonderful and it'll take you deeper. But as a way to connect now and create a practice and a ritual, like explore your body, look at where there's feel, feel, not look, feel where there's pain or where there's discomfort and then track that energy. You know, you can use your fingers for that. Like where is there numbness or disconnect and what emotions do I feel when I hit that particular spot or what feelings come up or what memories come up and create a sacred space for yourself and know that you are your own healer. I'm glad that you stopped and added that little piece. Yeah. Okay. So this
1: will kind of shift us into a little bit of a different direction. And then you know, once I get your perspective here, I would love to hear a little bit more about what you and your husband are creating in the world. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you had just come out of a monogamous relationship and it was almost like there was a little something in there that kind of made me think that maybe you shifted into non-monogamous in some Mm. ways. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about what that was like, if that is how your relationship did unfold. And what does it look like if you have an element of non-monogamy,
0: but you also are married and in deep commitment with someone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you picked up on that. So I've been attracted to women for, since I was a teenager, I had posters of Angelina Jolie on my wall and was Mm -hmm. like, just obsessed with her. And I never really express that part of me in any way like I always had boyfriends and it was just wasn't something that really manifested but as I started on this path of transformation healing spirituality all these things I started realizing that it was really at the core like this deep appreciation of the feminine Mm -hmm. you know the feminine as a whole the feminine as the source creatrix of life and then the feminine made manifest in other women and so when I met Benjamin, I shared with him that there was this attraction that I had been wanting to explore and I really didn't kind of know how to. And so we have had some experiences together where we've invited women into our container. I don't think there's a word for like, I don't know if there's the right language because I don't feel like we're not monogamous. Like we we're very, very committed. When we make a decision like this, it's very intentional, it's very sacred, and it's very much a shared experience. So in this Terrain of more open relating. A lot of times there's this sort of like, you go have your experience, I'll go have my experience, and then we have our relationship. And that's not what we have. It's just not what works for us. So everything is like, has to be a full fuck yes from both sides. We have to feel really good in the choice. If either one of us is a no, it's just a clear no for both of us. And yeah, it's certainly not something that happens often, but it is a really nice and it's a really beautiful dynamic that we share because. It allows us to bring an element of play and excitement and inspiration into our dynamic. And with just how much we work, because we work 18 hour days like most days and we're fully on a mission, So with the amount of work we do and the amount of Zoom calls we're on and like the amount of responsibility we hold, sometimes the lightness and the playfulness can slip away. So to invite fresh energy into our container, like a muse energy or something, is actually really nourishing for us and really expansive all around. But there's no official word to describe what that is, I think. I mean, we use
1: monogamish. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We're mostly yeah. monogamous mm-hmm. and Jordan and I are very much the same way. Our container is very sacred and we're more likely to lean towards having experiences that feel like it really fuels us, inspires us, brings us closer together. And also if we're going to have an experience with another person, we want them to leave feeling so lit up and so turned on and so like that was an amazing experience for them as well and they go on and maybe they don't want to date us though (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you know I think in some ways we are open to having a long term a longer term uh person in our dynamic that we revisit but I've realized in our own personal journey that with different initiation type experiences like when it was around our wedding and then now as we're moving to start our family. It's these different kind of vulnerable experiences that feel like we're revisiting the foundation and we're looking at what's going on that those are the times when I feel a little less open to sure. having that kind of experience. And then it's almost like once the energy kind of mellows out and the safety is reestablished and there's more communication and it's, you know what, I think let's see if maybe like, how do we feel about calling this in or being open to this thing? Mm-hmm. We're usually in festival dynamics, which goes like 50, 50, good or bad, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, just like a more Mm -hmm. playful energy is already present. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely resonate with what you were sharing there. And I as well had always been attracted to just the essence of woman, the being of woman, the shape of a woman, the softness, the suppleness, the emotional, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so having experiences before I met Jordan, then for us to get together you know, and I tell this to people too whenever they're like, but if I get into a partnership with one person and I'm interested in the opposite sex, then does that mean I never get to act on that or experience something like that? I mean, there's so many shades of gray and leaning in and getting to have an experience, but that was something that I went into my relationship with Jordan and I was like, you know, it'd be really sad if i never experienced the feeling of infatuation. Again, or the feeling of new love or curiosity or play or openness or flirting with another person. And I would be really sad if I never got to experience a woman again, because we go into this relationship and it looks like this and it's going to feel like this. And it's got this nice little box around it. And I think at first, when we first started connecting, he was like, yeah, fuck yeah, you want to have threesomes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, I'm just gonna say sure for now. And well, we'll work on what this really means as we go. And thank goodness, Jordan is a very fast learner and definitely has risen to the occasion of like, you know, kind of going beyond his maybe fraternity brother, mentality (laughs) Uh and is now like, oh, there's way more work to do here before Mm -hmm. actually playing with some of this energy. And doing it in a way that feels clean and everyone feels good and everyone's safe, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's no right way. And I think there are also certain things that are, there's a difference between wanting something and needing something. Like the way you phrased it is like, I would be really sad. And at the end of the day, if you're committing to one person, you're committing to also being in devotion to that person. And so if there's like a hard no for that person, then that hard no also can become your hard no because you're in devotion to the shared timeline. Right. And so I think, again, it all boils down to the conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that we often, I hear him share it with his clients. I mean, we share it between each other as well as that the gift is in the conversation. You know, we may not Mm -hmm. act on any of these things for a really long time, but the fact that we have the conversation and that we feel a level of openness with each other so that if something changes or there is a nagging kind of curiosity or something that comes up, it's at least we have the safety between the two of us that we can bring it up. Mm -hmm. And there's the commitment to no judgment and not shaming and listening to the best that we can without those things present and holding and all that. And we don't ever have to do anything with it, but Mm -hmm. you know, at least, and then there's the other part that's like, anything is possible with the right amount of conversating about it. So, you know, just having that level of, we know where we are now, five years into our relationship, but we don't know where we're going to be in five more years or after we have little people or when we're 10 years into our marriage, we don't know what's going to come up. And just the fact that we're down You know, we're still each other's person, no matter what, we're revisiting that foundation and maybe it's going to look a little bit different a decade later. Chances are it will. And fuck yeah, yeah, bring it.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. So for any listeners who might be feeling uncertain about their relationship, how would you suggest they maybe approach that doubt?
0: Mm. I mean, I think, I don't know if anyone has a hundred percent certainty all the time there's doubt is part of the human experience even like the deepest knowing of my sole purpose like took me years to find what that is and i know what that is and there's moments where i doubt and that's normal and so i think you want to look at where is doubt chronic like if doubt is there in a moment and it kind of comes and it goes or you can work with it and illuminate maybe a deeper fear that's connected to it then doubt is serving if doubt is chronic and it's just keeps poking and keeps poking, it's trying to tell you something and it might not be telling you that your relationship's over. It might be telling you that there's a new version of your relationship that wants to be born, but that there's a death that has to occur for that to happen. And so the doubt is the messenger of that and that can be difficult. And sometimes the relationship won't make it and sometimes it will, and it'll be better than it ever was. But I've certainly faced moments of doubt in my relationship, even though I, love this man more than anything. But there's been doubt around compatibility. And do we want the same things? And there's certainly been moments where it needed to be addressed and the deeper root needed to be revealed. And we talk about this a lot in our book as well. And we call them death portals. Mm -hmm. But these are like periods of time where eventually the doubt like gets acknowledged and you actually start to face it. (laughs) You stop pretending like it's not there and you stop running from it and negotiating with it. But you actually face it. And you're like, wow, there's doubt. That means there's fear. Cause doubt is a symptom of fear. So what's the fear and is the fear and what is the opportunity the fear is trying to communicate? Like we say often, if love is the answer, fear is the teacher, meaning like fear will guide you directly to where your work is so that you can unlock more love so that you can be more of who you really are, which is actually already love. And so sometimes the loving thing is to walk away from a relationship sometimes that is the most loving thing. And sometimes the most loving thing is to let your ego die a little bit and go through a death process and shed some ways of being or perspectives or patterns that just don't work anymore. And on the other side of that, there's a deeper level of trust and intimacy that's available in the relationship. Yeah, I think that's how I'd answer the question. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, the fuck yes. Mm -hmm. How do you know? I mean, the full fuck yes, it's like we talk about this a lot as a compass, like that full fuck yes energy. And to me, it's very much connected to just a sense of like aliveness, like that tingling, activated feeling of, okay, even if this scares me, this direction that I'm being pulled in, I'm feeling more alive around it. You know, that to me is a really good sign that I'm like connected to my full fuck yes. And a lot of times your full fuck yes will scare you. That's like the purpose of it. That's the design of it. But that's a really good way to gauge is like, is this actually making me feel more alive, even if it scares the shit out of me? And if so, then you're probably moving in the right direction.
1: And speaking of, I'm sure all of the fuck yeses with regards to you and your partner coming together and what you are meant to be doing the big things in the world. I would love to round out our conversation about the full fuck yeses that led you to some of the big work. What is it? What do you both feel so much purpose and passion towards bringing into existence onto planet Earth?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I knew before I met Benjamin that I was part of my dharma. My path was to create a platform for transformation and like personal individual transformation, which then ripples out into collective transformation. But to really give people access to tools, to examples, reference points like what does it look like to be on the path of becoming and to truly be on the path of becoming, which requires you to face off with your fears and with your limitations and with your stories and actually do the deeper inner work of addressing a lot of unmet needs or unfelt feelings and shedding a lot of weight in order to be able to then step into your purpose, whatever that is for you and i think right now on our planet a lot of people are struggling deeply with a lack of meaning and a lack of purpose and so personal transformation is like the access point into a much larger conversation but yeah really the more tangible expression of our purpose is our organization which is called becoming with a q and the q really represents questions, like asking essential questions, like the questions I gave you earlier when you asked the question about how do I invite my partner into being more of a leader in our sexual dynamic, like everything starts with the right question and same with life. And so becoming is really a platform and a community and an ecosystem that's designed for people who are asking those questions and who want to know and unlock the truth of who they really are and are willing to go on the path of discovering that. And we work with ancient technologies, plant medicines, and also a lot of modern technologies like online courses and media content and that sort of stuff. So I have a background in Hollywood and being in on camera and being an actress and all these things. And so I've just kind of channeled a lot of that into sharing this message with the world, which is really to invite people into that journey with themselves first and foremost, because I think that's what the world needs more than anything right now.
1: So good. And I think between, even though I didn't get to have a conversation with Benjamin, just knowing some of the background and some of the notes that I had here between, and you mentioning your artistic path before coming into the personal development and that world, it seems like the two of you have very opposite ends of a spectrum of gifts Mm -hmm. that, when blended
0: together, equal this really potent, powerful creation. For sure. Yeah. I'm a lot of spirit and air and he's a lot Mm -hmm. of earth and water and together our combination is like the fire, you know, it's the passion. And yeah, he's got decades of business experience and knows how to build significant things in 3D. That's something I've always struggled with. So when we met, we really were able to just merge our visions together in a big way and realized pretty quickly that we have like the identical vision for our lives. So it's been very special to be on that journey together.
1: So good, and so, if people want to find you, find both of yeah. you and find your work, where
0: would you suggest they go? Yeah, so we right now we're offering our book on our website, the ebook for four ninety five so I recommend actually just buying the book, and if you want the hardcover, get the hardcover because it's sexy and has rose gold foil and all the things. but read the book because the book is the best place to really get to know us and really go on the journey with us, and it's sexy and steamy, and it's been compared to. Fifty Shades of Grey meets The Four Agreements meets The Untethered Soul. So what it's got a, a, a little bit of everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was literally one review we got. I was like, that's good. I'm going to use that. Yeah. So yeah, I'll provide a link that's like a direct link to get the book. Our website is becoming with me and then it's forward slash ebook. And so if you just type that in, you'll land on our website. You can grab the book there. You can check out free resources and tools and stuff that we have and just join our community. So good. Thank you so much for coming
1: onto the show, sharing your wisdom, sharing your story, and of course, sharing your gifts. Azria, it's been a delight. Thank you so much. Ditto. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five star review. I'll see y'all next week.